0: You are now listening to Beyond Zeros and Ones, a podcast on the impacts of technologies in our daily lives and on the tourism industry.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone. This is your host, Mario Hardy from the Pacific Asia Travel Association. And you are now joining a new uh, podcast series, which is called Beyond Zeros and Ones, where we will be exploring the future of uh, technology and its implication on our daily life and in travel. Today, I, my guest is Etienne Merino, who is the co-founder of Aday.ai, a company that specializes in uh, chatbot development, and um, Etienne uh, studied as, uh, at uh, MIT. Uh, he has won 55 awards. Um, he was also the 30 under 30 of Forge Magazine in 2018. Etienne, welcome to the show today.
0: Hi, Mario. Thanks for having me.
1: Very good. Etienne, tell me a little bit more about, about yourself. You're, you're born in Montreal, I believe, the uh, same place I was born, uh, but tell, me, tell us a little bit more about your background.
0: Yes, uh, born and raised in Montreal, as, as you realize with the French name, uh, <laughs> French-Canadian, <laughs> proud French-Canadian. Um, well, I, I kind of lived through a personal reinvention before uh, going into technology. I, I come from the advertising agency space uh, I was a copywriter actually, um, and then, uh, as you mentioned, I, I got the opportunity to go to MIT. Um, there was a what they called an entrepreneurship boot camp, so it was really kind of a simulation where you had to launch uh, a company in uh, in a few days. <laughs> Very intense, we didn't sleep, but that really kind of you know made me open my eyes that maybe after all I wasn't a, a corporate; I was more of an entrepreneur, and. Um, Slowly after that, I kinda, you know, I started to stack a little bit of money to uh, have a bit of a cushion, but uh, six months later, I, I quit my, my corporate job without really knowing what I was going to do, uh, took the leap of faith, and uh, fast-forward to today while I'm, uh, a, as you mentioned in the intro, now an AI entrepreneur uh, with a company of 50 people, uh, one of the co-founders of, of Heyday. So um, yeah, that's, that's kind of, in a nutshell, uh, a little bit about me, and my background, and, and uh, where I am now. Yeah, very
1: nice journey. And now, t- tell us a little bit more about uh, Aday.ai uh, and this company. You and I had a coffee together when I uh, was visiting Montreal a few years ago, and I remember uh, you telling me a little bit uh, about the company. I was fascinated by it. So, tell us a little bit more about uh, what Ada does.
0: Yeah. So we're um, it's it's in the space of what you know they call conversational AI, but we really kind of matured over time working with retailers. And essentially, at the end of the day, we're, we're a customer messaging platform. So we're really putting, you know, connecting uh, online shoppers with, with, uh, with brands, with internal uh, resources like a in-store associates, for instance, or a customer service agent. And the AI assistant or the chatbot is just the first line of defense, just the, you know, an instant response that can uh, give, a, again, a first line of, the, of, of support, but then when necessary, will triage the conversations and escalate them to the right person on the team. So it's, a, it's really a hybrid system. It's not just AI.
1: Excellent. Montreal is, um, has become actually known as the world capital of AI development. Do you know why? Was there any, any uh, funding from the government or subsidies or uh, any ways that the government encouraged the development of AI?
0: Yeah, well, uh, there was a, a major hub at the, well, Still, there still is a major hub of our artificial intelligence research and development at the University of Montreal. And, and that, was, that hub, I think, originated in the 80s. So it dates back to even, you know, uh, before, way before all the hype about AI uh, in the modern days. And, and then obviously, because of that, you know, concentration of talent in a city, um, naturally when when the AI revolution started to really kind of uh, take off in uh, in around two thousand and fifteen, well the government started to pour some kerosene <laughs> pour, pour some gasoline on, on the on the fire uh, with with grants and loans and 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 you know subsidies to really encourage the ecosystem to start creating companies uh, you 've seen it with the first uh, generation of companies uh, like Element AI who they, they, they were recently uh, acquired by an American firm, but Element AI, for example, was one of the first generations. heyday uh, as well, you know, f- founded in 2017, so shortly after uh, that first wave. And I guess it's just um, AI is becoming more and more pervasive. So in a few years from now, you'll say AI, saying AI is going to be as if you're saying internet, right? <laughs> it's going to be so ubiquitous. So I think what's interesting is there's a strong ecosystem and it's really putting Montreal and to a broader extent uh, Canada on the map uh, and it's uh, very exciting for uh, a young and small company like 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 ourselves to be part of it and and even to get a you know recently we we just just closed some more uh, additional financing and and as part of that round there's a Investissement Quebec so a government uh, owned you know investment arm uh, so again, the government is, is trying to stay active and encourage the, the local uh, economy uh, at the cutting edge of, of AI.
1: You have described A-Day as a conversa- conversational uh, AI for retailers and brands. Can you elaborate just a little bit more um, in, in layman terms for, for the audience who may not actually know or understand what Chatbot is and what it does? So uh, if I'm a brand, what... How can I use uh, your chatbot AI? How would it help my business?
0: Yeah. So essentially, um, when you're you're going as a customer on a website, and at the bottom right or bottom left, you're gonna see a little you know chat window, a chat widget that you can that will either pop up automatically or you can trigger uh, with a click. And there are one of two options when you do that. Um, number one, it could be Human powered, so um, it's like a call center. You're gonna send send a message, of, and if no one is available, well, <laughs> it's basically like sending your question in, in the stratosphere, right? You'll be waiting for for some time, sometimes five minutes, sometimes five hours. So uh, what we did is created uh, kind of an in between step where there's a chatbot slash AI assistant. That's kind of a or virtual customer assistant. These are all synonyms that acts as a first line of defense and, and basically answers automatically uh, to questions that are incoming from customers. Um, this AI assistant for us is focused on retail, as you mentioned, so what's what the adv- advantage of focusing on a specific ver- vertical is that questions are pretty redundant. They keep coming back like, uh, what, is, you know, what is your return policy or what are your shipping fees? Do you ship to Montreal, to Bangkok? um do you you know do you sell gift cards all these um redundant questions that tend to flood customer service teams our goal with our technology is basically to remove all that that you know that first line of questions uh, from their plate so that you can focus your human team on the high value conversations so the more sensitive or complex or personalized conversations uh, so it's really a hybrid system in that sense. So for the, the customer, the benefit, as you can imagine, is an instant response. And in a, in, a, in a self-serve fashion, 24-7 availability. For the brand, two sides. Well, number one, lead capture. So making sure that you engage uh, people who are coming on your site, that they don't bounce without, you know, even they, they, showed, they showed up technically to shop and buy something. So if you're not helping them, maybe they're leaving and you lost a sale. So number one is a lead capture. Number two, there is obviously cost reduction from um, as I mentioned, when your team is being bombarded and you need to keep hiring more people or or, or worse, uh because you're responding too slow while your customer satisfaction and then and net promoter promoter score is going down, this is bad, you know, bad for the bottom line. So um for the brand there's definitely benefit. But at the end of the day, I, we always say for uh, our customers' customers are happy we're doing a good job. So the end customer is really, uh, really uh, why we, we build this company and, and how we design everything.
1: Now, my next question is more for those, those who are, are um, maybe more knowledgeable about AI or interested in, in, in the topic. Um, you know, I'm sure you've been asked before, you've been questioned about this uh, uh, several times before, you know a lot of people will tell you, well actually chatbot is not really AI. It's a bunch of zeros and ones and and uh, and some math calculations and some tables and where a machine just to answer questions based on a table that are preset. what What would you say to someone who comment on this well they're right i mean they the thing is is that chatbots are not
0: all created equal, right? So depending on which type of chatbot you've been interacting with. Um, your experience may vary and therefore your satisfaction. Um, the spectrum is pretty broad. So on one side, on, on let's say the left end, the lower end, you're gonna have kind of like those drag and drops, you know, do it yourself, automated workflows. Uh, and these are not smart, they're just kinda, as you mentioned, if this, then that, right? If Question A, well, answer A, and it's a decision tree. Like uh, basically like an IVR, and you know, when you're calling a, a call center, uh, press one, press three. This is basically like the, the chatbot equivalent um, of that. And that experience is limited, obviously, because it requires um, a decision tree and pre-scripted um, dialogues. Um, that's always level one, because it's still useful in a, in a self, you know, self-serve uh, fashion. Customers can still find at least like the, the first uh, line of support useful that way. What we do is we enrich that with a second layer. The second layer is for open-ended questions, right? So maybe you, you show up and then you see on the site again, uh, the website of an e-commerce brand, um, maybe they're selling shoes. And you're maybe you have a few questions uh, regarding the return policy because you want to make sure uh, that it accommodates you uh, before you start shopping. The chatbot takes care of that. But then you have a, you know, with the dialogue, with the, the decision tree, you can click and you find, okay, return policy, I get my answer. But then maybe you have a more uh, complex question saying, I'm looking for kids' shoes, um, you know, size three, um, and in letter, for example. So the question is, is open-ended and therefore much more structured and I guess even longer and complex. So we do uh, additional, basically, that's where the AI training comes into play where the, the AI will recognize in real time the intent of the, of the of the question of the open-ended query in this case I'm looking okay so it's, so it's a product search uh, for uh, kids shoes okay sh- shoes is the product item kids is the is a tag you know it's, a, it's kind of a filter a search filter so you see like the AI will will kind of dissect the sentence uh, and then the, it will automatically in microseconds it's all happening in the backend and will fetch in the database uh, that it's connected to so in our case, we connect with the product database, the product feeds. Um, So we'll fetch uh, an answer. And if there's a degree of confidence high enough, let's say 80%, well then it will offer an automated response in microseconds to that question. If the degree of confidence is too low, well then that's where our system is is hybrid, then it will automatically escalate the conversation. The good news though, um, by escalating to a human agent, well, most systems will just kind of escalate it and that's it. In our case, we will still recognize the context of the conversation and the topic to ping in the back end the right product expert. So, for example, the, the shoe specialist. Um, so that's really like the – that's, that's a more that's, that's more what you would call the conversational AI experience on, on, the, on the higher end of the spectrum. If there is AI training – this is more of a smart chat bot. If there's no AI training, if it's all pre-scripted, well, it's a dumber experience, but it's still, it can still be useful for some limited use cases.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I <laughs> yeah, it does, yeah. I've actually used um, both. Uh, I Typically, when I go to a website and I'm looking for some information that I can't find, uh, first thing I'll do is I'll look, i I look it up if they have a chat bot. Um, and for, you know, for, for, as you said, quite often it's just a basic, but it, but it does the job. I mean, I'm looking for something opening hours or I'm looking for something that is missing uh, or I've got something that I don't understand maybe uh, how to do something. Uh, And the responses are, uh, I would say, in most cases, very, very helpful and very accurate. Um, I went to my bank, for example, use chatbot and uh, it's a much more uh, evolved uh, chatbot and, and does the job really, really well where... I rarely, rarely have to call uh, and speak to a person. It actually does the job for me in most instances.
0: And if I may add, Mario, um, it's like the gro- at your grocery store, right? You can choose to do the self-checkout, you know, go through self-checkout because you find it more convenient and faster. Or if you want a special assistance or, you know, you feel like you're not going <laughs> to, you, you don't like the the automated and self-service uh, lane, well, you can go see uh, a real person so we always give the option as well you, as, a, as an end customer you, you choose your own adventure in a way and i think that's uh, that's where it's important to really um kind of draw a distinction between auto, you know fully automated and hybrid fully automated for me i've rarely seen any satisfying uh customer experience that way because it's not magical it's been very hyped up in the media <laughs> that ai is this magical thing but reality is AI is very hard and conversational AI, what we're talking about here, um, is, is especially hard because of the different ways that people ask the same question. The same customer intent, that's the way we call it, can be asked in a variety of ways and some ways might be understood by the chatbot, others might be confusing. So uh, linguistics is, 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 is very hard and especially if you start factoring in even um cultural specificities, right? So depending, I'll take French, for example, we both speak French and you and I both know that French from France is definitely not the same (laughs) ballgame, the same French as French in Canada. So just that, you know, is a level of complexity for an AI to really understand because there's slang, uh, sometimes even acronyms, you know, different ways of of even using emojis depending on cultures, all that stuff is really influencing an AI's capability. So again, always good to have a safety net, to have a, a real human presence when needed, but at least the AI, uh, the first layer, gives um, satisfaction on both sides. Customers get a faster response and customer service teams stop copy-pasting the same answers to the same questions over, over and over again.
1: Yeah, I remember the first time I used a cell checkout at a grocery store in, in the UK, I, I, I felt a little bit awkward. I was putting stuff in, you know, scanning, put in my bag and et cetera. And I really felt like I was robbing the store when I left. I said, nobody's going to check what I put in my bag. Um, and um, But uh, it's, a, it's an interesting experience when you go to it for the first time and uh, uh, realize uh, how, how the world is actually evolving and changing. Um, I'd like to actually move on to now, obviously, to the, the travel industry. Uh, we The organization I work for, represents this, uh, this really big uh, industry, which is really in, in big difficulties at the moment due to the current uh, crisis. Uh, but I'd like to know, have, have you worked or are you working with travel brands currently?
0: Well, we're focused um, pretty much exclusively on retail. Uh, that said, we worked in the past, Well, st- we're still working with a few hotels and we, have, we had some conversations with, um, with some airlines actually, uh, two airlines in Canada, and um you know without revealing their names they were pretty big and and obviously for these guys um it was really about efficiency right it was really we talked about the first line of customer support for them it wasn't even about selling more it was just about managing all the the day to day you know interactions of customers like um again reimbursements or like you know flights being canceled flight flight status um so even by identifying the top 10, top 20 questions, at the scale of an airline, uh, it can be an interesting tool because you can still automate, you know, uh, the bulk of these, these, these recurring questions and save a lot of time for your team. And oftentimes, you know, uh, obviously we're traveling less these days, but when you travel as an, as the end customer, as a person, you're always tight, right? you even if you leave early, somehow something happens and you're always at the last minute. So having kind of a, a personal butler in a way a personal concierge that that gives you updates of uh, of flights i think it can really enhance the customer experience that said um we found at least in our own experience that the airline business was moving a bit slower on this and and the retail disruption was bigger so hence it created more urgency and more a bigger need for for our industry so that's why we, we started focusing uh on retail, but I, really, I definitely see a, a big, big uh, opportunity. And, and uh, once you know the, the world <laughs> gets back to normal, but definitely, um, I think airlines could benefit from that from a customer experience standpoint. Because keep in mind, most airlines have a, usually a brutal <laughs> uh, net promoter score, uh, except for a lucky few. So uh, there's definitely room for improvement on, uh, on the customer experience
1: side. Yeah, I've been worked for for two airlines for uh, a large number of years. I I can definitely say that uh, chatbot would be uh, really helpful for the airlines in increasing their productivity, saving them uh, cost of operational cost, um, and and, and increase uh, customer satisfaction too, because very often uh, people who will contact the call centers or go to the website will will search for simple things. Now, what is the excess baggage uh, that you're allowed to bringing on board the aircraft and uh, for, for check-in. What are the hours for check-in? I mean, it's just simple things that can easily be answered by chatbot uh, or things like is the flight on time. Um, there are a multitude of other places where you can find this information. You can certainly search their website. Uh, but typically, there's, uh, the airline's website has so much content that it's not always that easy to actually find. So I, I would that's certainly that, that's agree that. I would certainly agree that chatbot would be would be an ideal solution for for airlines, for hotels, for even uh, OTAs and lots of other businesses, even tour operators.
0: And that's a good point, Nero. Because you know, obviously, again, when you're when you're going to the airport, usually you don't have your desktop, like yet you don't have your laptop with you. You're you're on your mobile, and and beyond that, the modern day customer is basically living. You know, the mobile phone is the most Ubiquitous um, access to the internet and all that information, and the interface is much smaller. So when you're on a website, you're you're happier to even to chat to trigger a conversation because it becomes a more intuitive interface than actually scrolling and then looking for the FAQ section or you know looking for that for that small tab on the site where the information is is disclosed. You don't want to search; you want to be spoon fed. Increasingly, that, that's the expectation of uh, the modern day customer because speed is of the essence, convenience is very important. And with chat, we found that it, it kind of checks all these boxes, uh, especially uh, you're on you know, another uh, side of the globe in Asia. Well, uh, we're, we're expanding and we, we have a few clients, uh, for example, in Indonesia, we're also expanding with a global brand uh, in Japan and South Korea and the Asian market in general, very, very mobile friendly, right? Very mobile first. Um in, in China it's all in, in inside WeChat. <laughs> so the internet almost messaging, the messaging app is almost the internet. It's the main interface. So increasingly you're seeing the same phenomenon everywhere in the world, not just in Asia, uh in North America and Europe. And that's why brands are starting to invest there because they, they see that the new uh entry points, the new storefronts or the new, you know, uh channels to their business is really the messaging channels on their website. It's not it's not the, the physical uh, uh, locations anymore. So it's, it's it's a paradigm shift and you need to adjust. But then with a multiplicity of channels, how do you manage this at scale? That's the big challenge for them uh, without, you know, having cost exploding and, and just uh, having, you know, armies of customer service agents. Well, that's where the AI comes into play to just automate the first line. Uh, so it's a win-win on both sides.
1: Yeah, I've... I've um... I've left North America a very, very long time ago, but I, I can tell you that here in Asia, I suspect that actually chatbot is uh, probably already used by a lot of people, may, even though they might not be even conscious they are using one, um, but also because the, the super apps, uh, the line app, the uh, WeChat, as you mentioned, or Grab, which is now becoming even, or even uh, used not only for transport, but for finance and lots of other services, is something that we all use on a daily basis. Um, you can find inside these apps uh, information about all sorts of things, not only about your uh, ground transportations, but uh, your travel and your finances and uh, retail and lots of other things also. So it's becoming actually more natural for people to use uh, messaging apps to not only communicate between themselves, but also to communicate with brands. Um, I recently just uh, actually this week bought a bicycle um, and uh, to line chat, I was chatting with, with the brand with the stores to better understand uh, how uh, to assemble the pieces and, and et cetera, et cetera. So um, yeah, uh, I, 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 can, I, I can certainly actually understand what you're saying.
0: And this phenomenon is accelerated by where we're living right now, right? The, 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 multi, the lockdowns around the world are forcing people to shop from a distance, and therefore for businesses to sell from a distance, and chat is just the most, you know, the most nimble, I guess the most convenient channel for these uh, these new sales conversations to happen. Uh, why? Because they're not replacing any habits, they're just accelerating them. You are, I'm sure, uh, we, we all, you know, me- messaging for non-business <laughs> uh, conversation is, is basically the main interface. That's, it's through Messenger, WhatsApp, Instagram, you mentioned Line. Um, it's through these channels that we communicate with our friends, with our colleagues, with our family. So why not with businesses? And, and I think COVID-19 has, has, made, has made this uh, new phenomenon really much more ubiquitous because there's no, there's no other workaround for now. <laughs> it's, that's, the way, that's the way to, to shop when, when everything is closed.
1: Now, er- earlier this, uh, this week or last week, I was talking to a group of students and, uh, in, in tourism and uh, we ended up talking about AI and, and chatbots in general. And, and uh, they asked me a question, which I've heard so many times before, not only from students, but also from, for, from people within the industry. They're actually saying, well, you know, we talk about AI and chatbots and, and in the travel industry, but we're, we're a service industry where human touch is actually really important. And how, how can you... How can you actually provide service in in an industry which is famous certainly here in Asia for its human contact and human touch and still use a chatbot or AI to make it more efficient and how would you respond to comments like this from from someone within the industry
0: Well, I totally agree I don't think you know I don't think we should strive to eliminate the human touch that would be uh, <laughs> that would, that wouldn't be ideal um I think what we can strive, though, is we can aim to make the human touch more efficient and to focus it where it's needed. Uh, because if you start interviewing customer service agents who are not augmented by AI, for example, well, you'll realize that their day-to-day is mostly, you know, opening their whatever, it's a Google Sheet or Google you know, Doc, and they will just copy-paste most of the answers. So. They're like robots in a way, (laughs) and it's not fulfilling for them. And it's not fulfilling for the end customer who's waiting uh, for their availability to get a simple answer. So I think, you know, we should always see technology, and in this case, AI, as an extension of uh, human beings, right? I mean, even if you go back in time, the hammer is the extension of the human fist. (laughs) You can say the computer is the extension of the human brain. Uh, it's not a replacement and that's really, that's really our philosophy at the heyday where if you actually our mission is to make e-commerce more personal, right? Um, and that personalization would not be able to happen without at least a portion of a, of a human touch. <laughs> uh, so I think the AI is really there to automate the robot work, the redundant stuff, the stuff that human beings are not only like not that good at, but also that we don't really enjoy and to keep the human touch for the real meaningful interactions. Um, for example, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll give you like a specific example of a, or even more sensitive conversation. There was one example where we analyzed the, it was in the food industry, right? A yogurt brand, um, actually maybe they're present in, in, the, in Asia, Danone, a uh, big, you know, French conglomerate. Anyway, so we were analyzing the calls, uh, call center logs and Obviously you see all the repetitive questions, but at some point we saw an edge case, you know, really an outlier question where someone had found a piece of wood in their yogurt. Maybe they were just at the park and something fell from a tree in the yogurt and then they didn't see it and took their spoon and then what's that? You know, they overreact and there's a piece of wood. So uh, that was an edge case that they seen at, at the call center. This is something that you don't want an AI to manage because maybe they were about to feed their kids with that. It's a very sensitive and personal conversation in a way, interaction with a, with a customer. So I don't think, you know, uh, in this case, what we did is we created a rule where when it's, it's sensitive like that, we automatically escalate to a human. We don't even try to automate, you know, to give our best answer. Um, and, and I don't think that should change. I think we really need to see it as, a, as an enhancement of human beings, not a, a replacement. And I really feel like when we look at even our, our own data uh, in our analytics, analytics dashboard you see uh, basically the the degree of satisfaction of customers when they they were taken care of by um, by a, a human agent for example and we've seen that number cons- consistently go up since they have less less conversations to manage at the same time they can dedicate more time and give you know better a higher level of care in a way to each and every, um, you know, customer and therefore the satisfaction is going up. It's going up. So it's a win-win because they're more fulfilled. As I mentioned earlier uh, on the brand side, the agents are happier with their jobs and the customers are happier with the service. Um, so that's really like the long answer. The short answer is let's not replace human beings and let's just look at how can we enhance them? <laughs> that's really the spirit
1: good well i think that that's a very good answer and uh, hopefully will help uh, travel brands better understand the value of actually working with organizations such as yours and develop uh, chatbots what's um what's next for for ADA besides becoming unicorn and conquering the world
0: <laughs> yeah that's a that's a big challenge right that's a big uh, <laughs> big ambition well for us um you know, you talked about um, the fact that I, I come from Montreal. So we built a business in Montreal. So we start with our backyard. Like like every startup, you start with local clients, right? With, we had the big brands with brands that were uh, mostly, uh, you know, their footprint was mostly in, in Canada. And then because of the fact that our AI was multilingual and you know, out of the box because of the, again, the specificity of the Montreal market where it had, had to be bilingual, English and French out of the box, well, it was easier for us to export uh, and expand in, in Europe. So we started to land more and more clients in France, for example, uh, that has been like so far, I mean, we're only like three and a half years old. So um, most of our of our clients are from you know, North America or Europe. But obviously as we start um, signing more global clients, they have a presence in Asia, they have a presence in Latin America, they have a presence in Africa. Uh, so we need to start basically like expanding our AI capabilities to cater to th- these different markets but also integrate with the local um, apps. You mentioned Line, no one uses Line in North America, very popular, uh, more popular in Asia. So uh, this is really like from a product standpoint, we're really looking at how can we make our product more scalable. Then from a financing standpoint, because that's also, that's all fun. (laughs) Product is all fun, but uh, you need to find, you know, need to fuel that, that, that growth and to hire people and to keep expanding, you need, you need a little bit of financing. So right now uh, we just secure, secured additional financing, but we're also working on probably for the back half of 2021, uh, what we call this a round of uh, of financing, a series A essentially in in the venture capital uh, lingo. Um, So Around it's going to be between 10, 15 million, probably uh, USD. And that's going to give us more ammunition to uh, basically do what I just just explained, right? Expand both from a product standpoint, but also from a market grab. Uh, Because make no mistake, we talked about the ubiquity of messaging apps and how chatbots are becoming more and more of a, uh, you know, almost a commodity. They're becoming people are getting used to them. Uh, this is good news for us. It means that uh, the market is exploding and, and expanding. Well, for us, it's going to be basically a matter of speed, uh, and acceleration. We need to grab more and more market because uh, we know once we're we're working with brands, we're pretty sticky. We stay. There's a partnership that that usually uh, uh, lasts uh, over time because we're, we're we're deeply embedded. But the market grab, it's really a race right now. So uh, we need to add fuel to the rocket ship, and that's going to be. I would say in the, in the twelve and eighteen months horizon. That's really our obsession right now.
1: As we get to to a close, Etienne, um, uh, what what's the next big development for uh, for AI? You know, are we can we expect to have uh, each our own Jarvis in the near future?
0: Well, that's a that's a huge question. I have no I have no crystal ball, but um, I'll I'll quote uh, someone who's. Um, <laughs> A better expert uh, than I am, uh, Dr. Luc Julia, uh, L- Luc Julia, <laughs> uh, French guy who um, I had the pleasure to interview in a, in a conversation like this back in the day. But he's the co-founder of Siri, and now he works at the, I think the SVP Innovation um, and AI at Samsung. But uh, as the co-founder of Siri, I, I bet you that he knows a thing or two about AI, right? And I asked him the question, similar question to you how close are we to AGI, right? To kind of a general artificial intelligence um, that could answer everything and be uber smart. And he paused and he said, well, I don't think we'll ever get there. Uh, well, AI, is, is, that's, that's the thing, right? We, we tend to kind of see it as a unicorn and it's magical and can answer everything, accomplish everything. AI is very good when there, when, where there is patterns, when there, when there are patterns, when there is redundancy. Um, for the rest, everything that's more emotional or very kind of intuitive, human beings are much better. So I think you know you will see more and more advances in the next five years in terms of very targeted use cases of AI. We talked about you know an enjoyable experience you had recently in banking, or you know at Heyday we're focused on retail. When you're, very, you're pinpointing a use case, you can get pretty effective. Uh, and when I say pretty effective, it's 80% effective, which is already great, right? But being 100% effective uh, or you know, creating a personal butler that knows Mario Hardy, like you know, inside and out, and can, you know, knows your life <laughs> as if it's, it's your best friend. Um, we're not there yet, but there's definitely people working on that on more of a, let's say, personal level um that's there are people who are working on personal butlers and but i think the super apps that you mentioned earlier uh, whether it's a wechat or you mentioned grab or these are kind of becoming our own butlers right you can order food you can book an appointment with a nurse um so the next step is really to, right now it's kind of react these apps are reactive you need to interact with them and and input you know your your question or input your 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 need, like what you're looking for. Uh, With AI, I think the next iteration, it will be not to be reactive, but to be more adaptive and even uh, to anticipate our needs. So um, personalization, I think, is the the next frontier, Uh, but a general artificial intelligence that knows it all and can do anything. Uh, Again, I'll I'll take the Siri example from, you know, quoting the the inventor of it. (laughs) And he said, Siri can barely discuss for more than one or two, you know, Steps of conversation and that's like we're talking about apple you know it's not a small company it's not heyday from montreal it's apple and they haven't cracked you know a, a, a general artificial intelligent um, agent that can chat about everything it can answer most things but you can't have a conversation so i think we need to put that in perspective when we're looking at about ai we can't we can't go overboard with our expectations but you know what just automating the robot robot work or like the repetitive work that's pretty boring if our jobs can be a bit more interesting and more fulfilling and we have more time to spend on the human touch I think we'll, we'll all be winning and for me I'd be pretty happy that that's that's all AI you know can do <laughs> that would be good enough
1: I think that's a very good way to close this segment and, uh, it's, and it's been wonderful to talk to you today one last thing is when this whole pandemic situation ends where will you travel
0: Oh well, you know what I owe my wife uh, a trip to london so um she she thir- she turned uh, thirty uh while you know while the pandemic started it was it was in april it was in may and and you know the pandemic started unleash obviously in March and April, so we were fully locked down and um, I had to obviously like cancel my plans and you know, we couldn't, uh, I couldn't surprise her with that trip, but uh, now I, I owe her. So uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> definitely the first the first in line. And the second one, well, I'm a big fan of, of Europe, uh, but we got, we got the, uh, the you know, the, the, the chance to uh, get married in Positano in, in Italy on the Amalfi coast. And uh, if you've ever been there, ever been there, you know how magical it is. So I have to say, when I look at the wedding pictures, I kind of miss it and want to go back. So maybe that's a close second, maybe as part of the same trip, who knows?
1: <laughs> yeah, excellent. Well, Etienne, it's been uh, wonderful to talk to you today, and thank you for sharing your insights on chatbots and AI, and uh, we wish Ada a-, a great success into the future. We'll certainly keep an eye on, on your business and yourself. Uh, again, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Mario. It was a pleasure.